You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. As always, I'm Mark King, your host for this very show. Uh, I also write for the Grizzlies at grizzlybearblues.com, so check out my stuff over there. I do features, game stories, game columns, uh, all kinds of stuff, so check that stuff out over there. If you're not following the podcast already, make sure you're doing so on Twitter at Locked On Grizz. Go to facebook.com slash Grizzlies. Like the page. I, I post the shows over there if you'd like to get your content on Facebook instead of Twitter. I uh, do that as well. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at King underscore producer. That's where we'll continue the conversation after the show. Uh, got a great show for you guys today. Uh, Jason Smith from 92.9's Jason and John's show every day at 11 o'clock Monday through Friday. Make sure you check out their show. It's a good show. It's very insightful. I know they don't cover the, cover the Grizzlies a ton, uh, but then they do. They've got really good national NBA guests on there. So uh, very insightful. Uh, it was a good conversation from Jason, just kind of what he thought about what, what uh, the Marcus Gasol, Mike Conley situation, what he kind of hears from people on a daily basis. They take a lot of callers on their show, so just kind of what they hear on a daily basis from people uh, about the Mike and Mark situation. So a ton of stuff in there, so that'll happen in the, in the third, second and third segment. Um, I'm going to do a short first segment about this Grizzlies loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and then we'll get to that conversation with Jason, uh, Jason Smith from the Jason and John. So, uh, but start, start this, um, start this show out. Grizzlies lose 97, 99 to the Minnesota Timberwolves in overtime. Uh, the overtime was a whopping four to six, uh, just, uh, crazy, uh, barn burner overtime four to six, but the Grizzlies were down early. Uh, I actually turned this game on a little later than I, I should have. I was playing Legos with my kids. Looked up and it was like seven fifteen, so I went ahead and turned the game on. And uh, Grizzlies were already down like fifteen or something, like a little over after the first quarter. Uh, got down to seventeen, uh, but credit the Grizzlies. I mean, they came back. They didn't give up, uh, and they they were able to get back in this game. I, they were able to tie the game. Uh, I believe it was tied going into halftime. Mike Conley had a gigantic game: twenty-six points, eight assists, five rebounds, two steals. Uh, just a really, really good game overall. He was three from five from three pointers. Uh, he was eleven from twenty, uh, eleven for twenty from the field. Uh, just really, really good. Um, a really good game for Mike Conley, and it's it's a bummer that it was wasted. But but they competed. You know, they 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 were in the game down the stretch. And that's that's what you want. That's really all you can ask for. Like if you get if we were getting a bunch of these losses at home, we get a bunch of these losses uh, in a row, and 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 they were all competitive games, and they were they were fun to watch, and you were in the game at the end of the game, you were in the game at the end to have a chance to win. I mean, you know, it is what it is. You just you lose. I mean, and then sometimes they're just better teams, and that's okay. Like I'm I'm okay with that. As long as it's competitive, you play hard, you're in the game. Some, I mean, and the Grizzlies just don't have a lot of good players. That's just that's just what it is. Um, but the, the most of the losses have not been like that. Even the, obviously the most recent loss to the Nuggets uh, was a collapse. And the, most of the losses have been just just terrible to watch. Just just something that you don't even want to be a part of because they're getting blown out or they're just not playing hard or there's no effort. Any, any, all the stuff we've already talked about in this show. That is the problem with the other losses. This this loss against the Timberwolves when it took Carl Anthony Towns to hit a game winner in overtime for the last second shot. 
you live with that and that's okay like those games are just it sucks to lose of course but you live with those games because it's it, it takes a last second shot from like behind the backboard uh for for car for Carl Anthony Towns to beat the Grizzlies and that is what it is it's it's a good player making a great shot and uh the Grizzlies had a really tough time on the offensive rebound or offensive boards tonight uh and that last possession was was reminiscent of that it was uh, Carl and Towns only scored that because of a offensive board. Um, they they were outscored, uh, I think, by a couple on the offensive boards. I'll pull that up while I'm talking, but um, just something you just, they've struggled with all year. Um, just something they you just you can't let happen. Um, and they in that fourth quarter, and especially that fourth quarter, end of fourth quarter overtime, um, they let happen entirely too many times. They were. Um, they were letting the uh, the wolves just get uh, second chance points just too many times, um, and it, and it cost them. It really did cost them in the end, and and that's unfortunate. Um, Kyle Anderson had a good game back, fourteen point seven rebounds. He had a good game. Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, did not play well. Um, twenty two minutes. He was some some foul trouble again. I'm of the mind just stick him out there until he fouls out. He did foul out tonight, but I mean like quicker than he did. Um, you know he 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 struggled tonight. Justin Holiday struggled tonight. Zero for ten. Zero for three. Uh, six rebounds. Two assists. Uh, but just no points. I mean, he he was good on defense, but you know he, he has to score something. He's got to give you eight, nine, ten points a game, really, to be beneficial for this team. He's got to give you something. Um, Marcus All was good. Marcus All nineteen points, seven rebounds, four assists, uh, six for sixteen, one for five from three. Played forty three minutes. Mike Conley played forty two. Um, the, you're, you know, Mike and Mark were good and Mike, especially he was very good. Uh, he did a lot on the floor tonight to get you back in that game. He did a lot on the, on the floor tonight to keep you in that game. And so, you know, whenever Mike Conley plays well, whenever Mike, Marcus all play was plays well, and they're very good. Uh, you know, hopefully you think that's a recipe for winning games. It hasn't been lately, but usually, you know, as we've seen in the past years, that is a recipe for winning games, especially Mike Conley. I think Mike Conley playing well and playing, you know, scoring the ball, uh, assisting the ball, him playing well all around is, is more important than Marcus all playing well. Just because he plays a more dominant position in the point guard spot than Mark as a big, Mark's, it's, it's hard it's hard for Mark to control sometimes when he gets the ball and in the spots he gets the ball in. So it's more important for Mike Conley to play well. And I think the, the, if he's playing well, you have a better chance at winning. Um, off the bench, Ivan Rabb, 23 minutes, 3 for 4, 10 points, 10 rebounds, assist. I mean, the kid did a lot of it. Uh, Jamaica Green only played 5 minutes. He's still a little bit hurt. Uh, so it was mainly Bruno Cablaco. Cablaco. Kabaklo, sorry, I'll get that in a minute. It was Bruno and Ivan. We're just gonna call him Bruno because I can't really say his last name clearly. But it's Bruno and Ivan off the bench. Bruno with seven points, three assists, three rebounds, four blocks. I mean, doing a lot of things that uh, they really needed to be done. Um, Shelvin Mack, you know, whatever. He's sixteen minutes, just meh, whatever. But Ivan Rapp played fantastic, as we've said on this very show, uh, time and time again. It's time to give Ivan Rapp minutes. See what you, it's it's time to see what you got in Ivan Rab, and if it's if it if this isn't the showcase, 
I don't know what is. He is plus 17, and whether whatever you think about plus minus, I don't take a take plus minus into a huge account as a stat, but he's plus 17, by far the best player on the Grizzlies roster tonight. Um, the kid the kid deserves minutes. Like that's the problem is he's had some of these games before where he's been good in spots, and he doesn't get the follow up game, but he doesn't get the minutes in the follow up game. It's just. It, it it amazes me how he can play so well, and even in that Portland game, I believe it was a Portland game, he had like six minutes and like six rebounds, like immediately made an impact. Tonight, immediately made an impact on this game, um, and, and he's got, he has to have minutes in the next game. He he has to have a follow-up where he, he gets another chance. You can't let a player go out, like a young player go out there, play 23 minutes, score the ball, rebound the ball, defend, do literally everything you ask him to do and not reward him by giving him the minutes the next game. If he doesn't have the minutes the next game, it will be it just it's just, it will make obviously make no sense. Um and is is the biggest champion as I've been for Jamaica Green all year and I still think Jamaica Green is a good player for this basketball team. I'm fine if Jamaica Green sits and Ivan Rad plays. Because Jamaka Green is not part of the future, but Ivan Rab could be. If you see what you have him, if he could be a, uh, you know, a, at least a ten point five rebound guy off the bench. I mean, you know, that's a lot of what Jamaka Green is giving you, and he could he, maybe he can replace Jamaka Green whenever if Jamaka Green gets traded, maybe he can step up and replace him, and you kind of don't really lose a step. Maybe that makes Jamaka Green even more expendable than he already is. But it starts with giving Ivan Rab minutes. I don't know what Ivan Rab is completely, but what I do know is I want to see what he could be. I want to see the potential that I've seen in these few games, these spurts, uh, especially tonight, after he played 23 minutes. I want to see more of that. I don't know what he could, I don't know what the final product of Ivan Rab is, although I've long said on this on this very show, and you guys know that, that I like him. I like his jump shot. I like what he brings to the table. He's a good rebounder. He plays with the, you know, he plays with energy every single night. But it starts with just giving him the minutes and let's let's see where we get. And at this season, you you're 20 and 32 in, in this season. Uh who cares? Uh, who cares if he plays 30 minutes a night. It's the same with Jaron Jackson Jr. Who cares if Jaron plays 35 minutes a night? You're already going to lose. What's the downside? You're going to lose? Well, that's already happening. So it doesn't really matter. So um, it's good that Ivan Rab got the minutes. It's good that Bruno got the minutes. You you want to continue to see those things uh, because you're now in a situation where you're rebuilding. So it's better to see those young guys play and see what you get from those guys instead of continuing to roll out roll out Shelvin Mack and Joe Kim Noah every single night. Um, I understand they're going to probably play just because of what you have uh, injury-wise coming on right now, especially with Green uh, now going down um, with knee soreness. Especially with that happening, you're going to have those type of guys playing minutes. But the bulk of the minutes should give give in to those young guys and just see see what you got. Uh, as a team, they were six for twenty three from the from three pointers, twenty six percent. That's just not good enough. Um, just just not good enough. Not that not like the Timberwolves were any better, but you you can't. I mean, you can't continue to shoot six and seven and eight uh, three pointers a game or make six, seven, eight three pointers a game and continue and think you're going to win basketball games in this NBA. Just doesn't happen. Uh, but you know, again. Overall, I thought it was a good, good a good game. It, it was something where you'll live with. It's it's a game that it took Carl into the towns a ridiculous shot at the buzzer to win, and you'll take that. You'll take that all day long. Uh, but that that is something that you you want to see happen at time. You just want to see com- You just want to see them competing. 
I know I've said that before. Um, I know everybody has told me that. You guys have, have, have tweeted me that, asked me that, questions for Monday Mailbag, all this stuff. We just want to see competitive basketball games. That's it. We just want to see them playing hard and with effort. And I think they did that tonight. They, they dug out of a hole, got back in the game. They showed, they showed that, like they wanted to be in that game. And that's really all you can ask for. Uh, they lose the game, unfortunately, and that's okay. That's one of the games you'll take. It's just the other losses like blowing a 25-point lead. That's what's the frustrating part about this team. Uh, but, again, Grizzlies lose to the Timberwolves 99-97. Uh, stay tuned for in the next segment. We're going to start that conversation with Jason Smith. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, tomorrow we will have David Cobb from the Commercial Appeal. Again, appreciate appreciate you guys downloading uh, this month. It's been a really, really good month for this podcast. So continue to get, keep, keep up the good work. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Make sure you uh, get those automatic downloads every single day. For those of you who don't know what to do for a real job, like to actually make money, I know I cover the Grizzlies for grizzlybearblues.com. I write about them. I do this show every single day, and I love all that. That's not what actually I make money from. I'm actually a videographer, and, and I own a company called 85 Creative. We do all types of video work from uh, weddings to special events to uh, commercial work to video marketing to uh, small business uh, productions to social media content literally everything you can think of that contains a video uh, we've done those type of videos so if you need a video for your small business if you know someone's getting married uh, needs a wedding cinematographer anybody that needs video work at all let us know we can do a video for you 85creative.com that's 85 creative, all one word, all lowercase, just spell out 85, 85creative.com. Go to there, check out all the work that we've done. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. We can make a video for you. Just get in touch with me. Welcome back to the show. Got another great first time guest for you guys on Jason Smith from the Jason and John. So I will say the better half because John hasn't been on the show yet, but Jason, thanks for joining me, man. Dude, it is a pleasure. I'm honored to be here, Mark, and you're doing great work and, uh, Dude, thank you. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. I've wanted to do this for a long time, chatting a little grizzly with you. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, again, you guys catch Jason and John show every day at 11. Make sure you guys listen. And as always, um, I just wanted to start it off, and I, I wanted to get your thoughts. I think I've asked everybody that's been on the show the past couple of weeks just about you know the Mark and Mike situation that's, that's going on. Now it's so public, but it's interesting that everybody kind of has a different opinion, especially you guys. Who, who you guys hear from so many people on your radio show, but do you think that it's the right time It's the right time, or just right at all to move on from Mike and Mark? Oh, well, it's, it's past time, Mark, at this point. I mean, I, I think I, while there's a part of, while there's a big part of me, it's the, it's the human in me, uh, that right now I can't stand what Mark and Mike are having to go through and sort of, you know, uh, at a time where, you know, what they want to do right now is play their best basketball even they realize it like this isn't you know it, it it's coming apart like they know it like the the team is even you know the, they're talking about it. it feels sort of like they're not here already uh and you're operating in that and i hate to you know for them to have to answer all the questions afterwards how do you do this through all these rumors uh what's what's it been like playing in memphis almost as if they're gone sort of like mike said where you're you're doing a eulogy on them and they're in the starting lineup every night so it's i i hate yeah the dynamic of this mark i absolutely hate it that said i understand where they're at i tell you it's past time because you you probably should have i mean just looking at where you are now i don't i don't know how a reasonable person looks at it and says well man if, if you'd been a little bit proactive maybe if you'd taken calls on mark and, and maybe you take those calls and nothing happens we know they didn't even take the calls um it just makes you wonder if, if you'd done this a little earlier now we know why 
know, you're a small market franchise. You had a good thing going seven straight years of playoffs. You think you can get back this year with a healthy Mike and Mark. So we all understood why, uh, but it's all come apart now, and we, and we see it. And a healthy Mike and Mark isn't enough. So the big problem is the roster. And I go, I go back to it because the problem, because you've hit such a cliff now, this, this, this drop-off, this, you know, this point where you trade Mark and Mike and, you know, you're probably looking at multiple years of being down, you know, because you're at this point. Mark, I don't think it had to be as drastic. Uh, if you if you've been a little bit more proactive, that's it. I understand it, but still, I was one of those ones. Even last year, was saying, "Hey, you know, now may be the time, especially since you're tanking, to go ahead and look at a at a market." And there were other guys calling for it before me. Chris Mannix has been on this for a long time, and so unfortunately, because of the because of the roster limitations, because you that front office has sort of tried everything, uh, you've reached this point now where it's. It's awkwardness. It's, uh, it, it's two guys that have given so much to this franchise, you know, being tried out there every night. And, and unfortunately, you know, they're, number one, I, I salute them because they're giving their all in the middle of it. They played two, these, these last two games have been fantastic individually performances, the individual performances from them. But it, what's it for? I hate that they're in this mess. I hate the mess that it's become. Uh, but I think we all understand and we all realize it's time to do something. You've got to do something with at least one of them. Uh, if it gets you a great return, uh, then you got to do something with both of them. We'll see. The the return part's the tricky part, as you know, Mark. You know, it's interesting, I mean, that you say that they should, probably should have done it before. Do you fault them for trying to run it back this year? Because and, and, I, I think we've all understood that Mark and Mike healthy together usually equals playoffs. Do you, you fault them at all just trying to run it back one more year and see what you get? I don't fault them once you get to this point, once you get to the to the offseason and you you've started to say, okay, well, You've got to help. Let, let's try it again with a healthy Mike and Mark. I fault them for not taking those calls last year. Um, I fault them for, you know, sort of being in this position as is. That's why we understood that they were taking the big swing on Chandler. You still have to uh, – that still rests at their feet. We all understood it. Go go, try to get the big free agent. Even if, even if this one's got some injury issues, Lord knows we've dealt with those before, hopefully we understood it. And yet that blood, you know, the fact that this guy hasn't been able to play, you've got the the worst contract in the league, that still remains on your hands. All of that said, Mark, you fast forward to the beginning of the season after you've got, you know, or to the offseason where you're making, where you're picking up Garrett Temple, where you're getting cat, you know, where you're making all of these, you get it then. But unfortunately, you know, I hate to be like, I'm one of the guys I told you so, but I, but last year was a, well, you, you may be in that position because you didn't do this. And so, to answer your question directly, yeah, I get it. I, I don't I don't fault them for trying to run it back to grit and grind because well shoot, after you tie your horse through this all last year by you know, Fire Fisdale, you've decided this is the only way you can go. Really it was the only route because you didn't trademark, but this is all you had. And so because it was all you had, yeah, I got it. And it was the best route. And yeah, I thought, you know, Sheldon Mack looking good early on, Garrett Temple playing above his head. Man, this can work. They're twelve and five. They're really going to get to the playoffs, and then, and then the reality hit, and Garrett Temple went back to being Garrett Temple and Sheldon. Matt, uh, that said, I mean he's he's played just about his effort level. You can't fault him, but he is what he is, and Sheldon Mack is what he is. And again, just like Parsons, that blame has to fall on someone. Uh, it ain't on Mike and Mark. Uh, it's not on those yeah. guys because clearly, when it, it, it's on what's around them. And so again, blame's got to go somewhere. It's on the front office. No, to go back to your question. I don't blame them for running it back, but they had backed themselves 
into that corner, Mark. They had put themselves in that corner, and that's what I'm saying. You didn't, you didn't necessarily have to be in that corner where that was your only option to run it back. Well, well, now they've speaking of boxing themselves in the corner. Now they've boxed themselves into a bigger corner by making it public, uh, right yes. or wrong. However, they did that. Whether that was uh, potent, you know, was through Woj, whether someone did it on purpose or however that happened, it was made public. Uh, and not very long after, you know, the fact that Robert Perry called him, it was made public very quickly after the fact. So now they box themselves into a bigger corner where they kind of have to do something. And it's going to be even, you spoke of this awkward earlier this year, earlier, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's going to be more awkward in two, in a week and a half when they're still on the team. Uh, but you guys, you guys on your show talk to people every day. What's the sense you get from the city? Are people, are people okay with this? Are people understand it or are people, uh, are pissed off that they're going to trade Mike and Mark. What's what's the sense you get from the city just in, in general? There's always been a, a sense of anger with the front office. You know, whether whether you you bought in and you went on and bought in with this new you know sort of grit and grind 2.0 plans. Really, all you had, like we talked about, you 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 sort of put that anger to the side, you, you to the side, and you rooted for your Grizzlies just like you always had, and you hoped it worked out. But there was always that anger and resentment because of the it, the decisions, the draft picks, the fact that you've got a a player uh, making as much as Chandler Parsons is, and you're getting nothing from him. So that that sort of anger's always been been there. And that's, right. I think when you, to your point now, fast forwarded to where we are now, and Mark and Mike sort of just out there, just dangling. Really, us not, you know, in terms of the fan base not knowing what happens next, them not knowing what happens next. That little bit of anger that you felt, you know, that it maybe even some of it was was geared toward market times because you didn't think he was giving you an aggressive, you know, four quarters, you know, maybe, maybe at times it's geared towards Mike for some fans. I mean, we, I, there are still a small minority of fans in Memphis. I think they give Mike a tough time to think that, you know, he's injury prone, like he controls that. Uh, right. I think for sure, Mike, the one thing you say at all times is he always gave full effort, played with full heart. There was never a question about whether or not he was being aggressive enough. All, all, all of that said, when you add, what, what those two guys are having to go through right now, that anger that's always been there toward the front office has come to the forefront. Because like we said, Mark, a blind man could tell you this ain't Mike and, and Mark's fault. It goes to the front office. And so now I think to answer your question, we're at a place where most of the fan base is angry and they want blood uh, out of that front office. It, and, and frankly, now, it, you know, you look higher than that because we because of the dynamic of that front office, because you've got so many cooks, you know, sort of in that kitchen, you don't know who, you know, we can't pin everything down to just Chris Wallace. And so, right. it, it, and, and the right thing to do in, in those instances, when you've had as many bad decisions, you can't pin it to one person is to look above that front office, to look to, to, uh, to look to the top, which is obviously Robert Pera. And I think again, that anger that's now, you know, sort of, Hey, we want something done with that at front office. It's sort of now being pointed at him and saying, what are you going to do? This is a, an issue where your front office has bungled this now for years. Yes, you've made, let's, let's be real. Seven, seven fantastic years. Jaron J- Jackson's a fantastic pick. They've done some good things for a small market franchise where, look, seven straight years of playoffs is hard to do. But you are now at a point where it is, uh, you, are in, in comp- you are in danger of, going, of being extinct. Uh, in the yep. NBA because of some of these decisions, no question about it. So to to get back to it, people are mad. They're mad at Robert Pera. They want him to do something. They're mad at that front office. And I think that's that's what we hear most, Mark, is when when we take calls is is anger. And it's not 
because of the way this has gone, lately it hadn't been anger at Marcus All or, or or even Mike Conley. It's been anger at the at the front office and at Robert Parra. People are mad, um, and they're mad that it's gotten so ugly. Um, mad that it's you know that you've got two guys again that gave just everything, literally everything right. they've had to this franchise to build it, and now you've got them out there dangling like a couple of chips. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, and rightly uh, that people should be mad, you know, and. Like you said, this front office has done good in this in this franchise. Oh, it's not like they good. it's not like no they question. haven't. But that's why they've gotten a leash and then Mark, that's why absolutely. it's gone yes. because of the success. No question. Yep. But your amount of good, it, it doesn't always just give give you a pass for all the bad. And Correct. if you stack them up next to each other and you're in a in an NBA career for a front office, they're gonna be a good, they're gonna be bad. Uh, but now the bad seems to start outweighing the good. But also, like you mentioned, the bad has put them in a very bad spot for the future. And that is the issue. And I think that's what people take most uh, issue with is just the fact that the bad things are really bad. The Hashim, the Beats of the no world, the, exactly. the Chandler Parsons of the world are really bad. That's it. And, and you look around and there's no assets. And, and more importantly, you know, not more important than assets at this point, because but, but well, it would go to that. It's part of it is young players. Young yep. players that you can look around and say, well, uh, you know what, through these next two, three years of after you trade Mark and Mike, whatever, one of them, whatever, we can lean on these guys. There's only one or two of those guys around. And you, if you're counting Dylan Brooks and obviously with Jaron Jackson, that you can say, all right, that's a part of the franchise. There's not enough around for those fans to be able to say through all those misses, like you point out, all those bad decisions, to say, here's the future. you got no yep. future right now other than Jaron Jackson. And, and that's the part. Even teams that are, you know, that have sort of have had to do this before, you've had a few more pieces and a few more picks to sort of start this process with, and that goes to it. That that good is not outweighed by all of that, that all of those bad decisions, all of those draft picks. Again, the Chandler contract and how it fits in, it's unfortunately not that good's not. It, it doesn't outweigh all that bad, unfortunately for them. And and and, and in the NBA and in this business world, when you get to a point like this. Uh, people have got to answer for it. And that's the way the yep. NBA rolls. Well, yeah. the, the the issue also is is good teams in the NBA and good GMs and good franchises. They mm-hmm. always they're always good, but they always have one eye looking how we can potentially get better and for the future get vision. Better. There's always vision. there's always yes, we're good now, but we always have to look and see what we can do to make sure we continually improve. Look at the Spurs. I mean, you can't tell me that a good GM, good owners can't don't exist, and you can't be good. For long stretches of the time, you know, yes, yes, there are times where you're, you might be not as good, and there might even times when you're 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 bad. But for the you know for the majority, those good GMs are able to see what's in front of them, but also look towards their future, and that's and that is probably I think what most people are angry about. It's what I hear as well on our show when we, when we take uh, questions. The same thing. Um, I, I do want to ask you one more thing before I let you go. You guys have on a ton of good good guests on your show. What's the sense from from national NBA guys? Um, the Grizzlies going to get anything of decent value? Just for, I want to get their perspective nationally. I know what I think they should get and what all of our local guys might think, but do you think they are able to get anything of value from those guys? I mean, most of the ones we talk, we've talked to think it's going to be pretty bad. And, and, wow. and bad in terms of in terms of for the, the Grizzlies' perspective and, and what you get back. I mean, we've we've prepared ourselves for that. You're you're talking. You know, here here's the deal, Mark. This is what we. We don't know right now, and hopefully we, we find out soon. And, and, and it's another reason why it's so – with them, 
you know, with that front office, there is no one guy you can't just pin it. Just say, hey, this is what Chris Wallace is doing. We we have no idea right now if if Chris Wallace is pulling the strings because li- listen, if you're going to move off this this front office, is this the front office that you want? behind these deals, working these deals for Mark and Mike. And so, so is someone else, is Perry now listening to someone else? All, all, all of that, all of that said, all of that said, when it comes to what they can get back, if you're trying to attach the Chandler Parsons contract to this, to, to Mike yeah. and Mark, just so you can uh, try to get that off too, yeah. that kills you to me, Mark. I, listen, I don't, I don't claim to, to, you know, to be an expert on this stuff or nearly I don't cover the Grizzlies like I cover the Tigers, but I have to think, Mark, in just my general view of the NBA and watching this team on a day-to-day basis and watching what happens in the NBA, that you try to attach Chandler to that, you basically get nothing back to the to the extent that you're, it possibly dooms the deal or yeah. what you're getting back is so bad. You're, you're, we've talked about it. To get rid of that Parsons contract, it feels like you'll have to give up your own assets, your own picks. The Grizzlies are in. No position right. Yeah, I, I don't. Do I don't even. I don't. I don't think that's true. And I mean, so, I don't hold. I don't hold any. 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 I, I didn't even talk about it on the show because I just. I don't think the. the it's impossible, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Just. And, just. And if you just think about national, right. There, purely there are money. Guys that we talk to that think that that that's that's the general thought about the Grizzlies right now. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do. If it, surely not. And so let's let's throw that one out. That said, you know if it's. My thing, what I want back, Mark, and I'm sure it's it's part of what you want back, and maybe all of which. My, my key is picks. My key is picks and young players. I I know you want expiring contracts. You you want uh, uh, you want to see financial, you know, this so a little bit more flexibility than what you have now. And 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 yes, so you want expiring. But for me, you know, whether it's a you know whether it's a second draft guy, a guy that's got a you know right now you don't know on the young guy, and you'll see if a, if a change of scenery helps of a, a Malik Monk type. A Grayson Allen type again, Grayson a little bit further down that list. Um, I want players, young players that may have a future, and, and more important than that, I want picks. And that's for me, that's the key. I don't know, you know, right now who's going to give up a first rounder for Marcus All. That's what we'd all like. We'd all like, I, but I don't know. I, I can't find a situation where where I see one uh, a team willing to give up, willing to give one up, even if it's a late one. Those are so valuable first rounders at this point. So I. Again, I know what I want, and I know I know it's close to what the Grizzlies want. But when you, depending upon what's, depending upon, surely they're not putting the Chandler thing in this. Let's, again, let's just throw that out. It just makes no sense. Uh, depending on that, I don't see a return out there that's huge or anything that Grizzlies fans are going to say, "Oh, okay, this is great." No, it's not. It's going to be pennies on the dollar. And for, hopefully, for the Grizzlies, they come out of it with at least a couple of picks and a and a young player uh, or picking a player either way. Uh, but they've got to get assets, and they've got to do it fast. Yeah, you know, the, the Chandler Parsons thing, I heard that. It struck me as odd. Uh, you know, even just logistically to make that money work. Like, you're talking, like, six players coming back from another team. Like, it does – it does. it's just – it's impossible. And it's, that's why I don't think it's true. Um, but, it, it, like you said, if, if that's even remotely true, like, if the Grizzlies, that's just – that's even further your case that this front office has got to change. But, uh, yeah, the, the Grizzlies should focus on – you know, they're going to have to take bad assets back just because of the money. Just because to mm-hmm. make the financials work, they're gonna have to take bad contracts back because you can't just get young players. Young players aren't on twenty million dollar contracts, so you're gonna have to take some of that back. But you're right. Hopefully, they get some combination of young, good-ish players that maybe someone's down on and, and some picks, and and you can kind of start from there. But uh, as the deadline looms closer, there's really no telling what will happen. As the, the deadlines always uh, make people. 
they always you know make transactions happen. They they usually spur people to go, oh well, there was this one deal we didn't like anymore. Now let's do that instead. So yeah. um, as that happens, we'll, we'll we'll see what unfolds. Uh, Jason, again, I appreciate you joining me. Jason from the Jason and Johnson, 929 ESPN, every day, 11 o'clock, Monday through Friday, man. I appreciate you joining me. It was fun to talk to you. Mark, it's a pleasure. Keep up the great work, man. Thanks again to Jason Smith of Jason and John at 929 ESPN for joining me. Uh, he's a great guest. We'll get him back on soon. Again, make sure you subscribe in iTunes. Get automatic downloads. Subscribe in Stitcher. Wherever you subscribe, just make sure you subscribe and uh, make sure you're getting those automatic downloads every single day. If you want to be a featured sponsor on our show, make sure you email me at lockedongrizz at gmail.com. We are consistently growing every single week, every single day. We'd love to have you a sponsor. Make sure you email me at LockedOnGrizz at gmail.com. If you don't know where to subscribe to uh, the podcast, just go to LockedOnGrizzlies.com. They're all right there for you.